0: You have your Bibles, in the 24th chapter of Matthew, beginning with the 36th verse. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, what, what was really the problem with the people at Noah's time? What was the problem? What did they have to do to be saved? Go in the ark. That's all. Well, that was real simple, wasn't it? Why didn't they go in the ark?
1: <laughs>
0: well, that was a, They were more. They were more interested in what people think and, uh, than what the Lord said, weren't they? What was involved in this whole thing? whether people would believe what God said or not. And we mentioned once before, it wasn't a matter of going into the ark, it was a matter of believing God. Uh, they just they just didn't believe what God said. Now, and they were busy with things that were all right. The only problem was it kept them from doing what? what was that? From going into the ark. They were marrying, giving in marriage. They were eating and drinking. They were just living normal lives as people were living in those days. But they were so involved in it they didn't go into the ark. All right, now it says, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field and one shall be taken and the other left. And this is, a, this is a very interesting statement. Two shall be where? Then what are they evidently doing? Both working? Working together. Two will be in the field and what happens? One's taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. What are they doing? Same thing exactly. And what happens? One is taken, the other left. Now, this is our friends that believe in the rapture. They think that people are going to be caught away, you know. But that isn't what it's talking about. What is this talking about? Hmm? It's talking about their eternal decision. Their probation is closed. Their, their final decision is made. They're going to make those decisions right about their daily activities. Now, remember this. They weren't off in some dungeon somewhere. They weren't in slavery. They weren't under bad circumstances. They were under very normal, good circumstances when what? One was taken, the other left. Doesn't say they were in war and one was killed and the other one wasn't. Doesn't say they were being persecuted. It says what? Did you notice that they that the separation took place when they were going about their daily normal occupations? You think that's a significant thing? Yes. So when other these, when these great calamities come, and are they coming? Does God say they're going to come? Yes. What will we have already decided at that time? Whether we've been taken or whether we're left. Does that make you think seriously? You see, a lot of people are looking for all these things to come and then they're going to make their decision. No. When all of those things come, the decision is made. This is why God is keeping us as long as possible under good circumstances. You see, a crisis does not change our character. It only manifests our character. All right, let's see what else it says. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken, the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. Now I used to say, well, I wish the Lord would explain that a little bit more. Why well, didn't he explain about these two taken, uh, these that are working, and one's taken, the other left? Well, did you know it? He gives four illustrations after that as the situations in which we'll, they are going to be deciding. The rest of this chapter is dealing with, with one. The parable of the foolish virgins is another. A, par- a parable of the virgins is another. The parable of the talents is another. And the parable of the, of the gathering of the sheep and the goats. These are all illustrations of what happens as a result of being taken or left. 43rd verse, But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. You hear all kinds of things about people being robbed today and they break into houses. Now then, if people knew at the time it was going to be broken into, what would they do? They'd stay there and, well, they'd stay there and watch, wouldn't they? This is the illustration. But they are not there because it comes when? When they least expect it. When they least expect it. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. How many times has the Lord said this already? It says in the 38th verse, For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that no entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came, they were not ready. So shall I. So shall the coming Son of Man be. Then in the 42nd verse, he says, Watch, for you know not the hour. And in the 41th, 44th verse, he says, Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not. The Son of Man cometh. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord hath, give, hath made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. What is he doing then? He's giving meat in due season. Well, what is meat in due season? It means that we are living and acting and talking as if I huh? Today is our last day. That's exactly right. There is yeah. yes. alright where right. where are the people they're in their daily work where is is the decision made is it made in heaven or is it made on earth alright but it is accepted and recorded in heaven then while people are going about their daily activities without any abnormal circumstances they're going to do what make their final decision this Christ comes. no this is not when Christ comes this is before Christ comes now if you just if you just uh, uh, postpone this just a little bit we'll get into this This has to do, you see that the foolish and the wise virgins are tied into the former and latter reign. You've probably studied that. Now, this isn't a class in closing events while we're getting into some things about closing events. The thing that that this teaches and the thing that it is keeping, keeping people from doing is looking for some great event when they're going to make changes in their lives. You see, uh, I said this, and and we know it's true. If the Lord had just let a little shower come, what would everybody try to do? Why, they'd have been all over the ark, and in the ark, they'd have just covered everything up. But He didn't. He wanted people to do what? To believe what He said. Now, this says that while two men are... Working in the field, one will be what? One will be taken and the other left. Taken where? One will be. That means that one is going to be prepared for heaven. Now remember, the second coming of Christ is not suddenly and unexpected.
1: Do you all understand that?
0: Some period of time, maybe months or weeks before, it's announced from heaven, the day and hour of Jesus' coming. How many of you have studied closing events? Well, most of you. Some of you haven't. There is a deliverance of God's people. I don't want to get off the subject too far, but there is a deliverance of God's people at midnight that the death decree goes into effect when they're all to be completely annihilated. And at that time, this is not the second coming of Christ. This is some period of time before Jesus' coming. And at that time, God from heaven announces the day and hour of Jesus' coming. Now we don't know when Jesus is coming in the clouds of heaven now, but it will be known. That is not the sudden coming. The sudden coming is when He comes to our name in judgment. I should have brought my books today. I didn't think I would use, but a couple. But there's a statement in Patriarchs and Prophets. And if you'll remind me of it, I'll bring it. It's, uh, it says that judgment that that the decision our decision is made here on this earth. And of course it is made here on earth. It's accepted in heaven. There is a point beyond which we cannot return. Not because God won't accept us, because we come to the place where we are no longer susceptible to the Holy Spirit. But the thing that that this is teaching is this, that under The circumstances that we're in, normal daily circumstances, people are going to decide what Their eternal destiny. And then, this is telling about the difference between the one who is taken and the one who is left. And the first one, it says that, that, what does it say? That this this servant is, is doing what? He's a faithful servant, and he is giving meat in due season. He talks, he acts, he lives as if Jesus were coming. And that he's ready at all times. And but here's the other servant. Now I want you to know what he says. But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart Say where? My Lord delayeth his coming. Did you know it's possible for us to say in our heart that the Lord delays his coming and say with our mouths that he's coming soon? Is that right? It's real easy to say, Lord, I hope you don't come till I do such and such a thing, or I do so and so. Is that right or isn't it? Is it easy to plan we want to do certain things before certain things happen? And this is real dangerous because God has the timetable made. Now, I don't want to leave the impression in all this that that uh, God goes over us and says, Eeny, meeny, miny, mo," and it's time for you to go up in judgment. This isn't the way it works at all. We are going to make our decision. And then God accepts that decision. But I want to get to, to the next parable. It says, But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants. To do what? Now, does that mean you have to take a sword and do it? Or are there other ways you can smite your fellow servants? You can do it with your tongue, you can do it with, with actions. And shall eat and drink with the drunken. You know, you don't have to drink alcohol to eat and drink with the drunken. I've had a lot of young people come to me and talk to me about their own personal experience. And I've heard, had many of them say to me, you know, if I can't control my appetite, I have real problems. This is, the first, this is the first victory we're going to have to get. Because if we get the victory over appetite, then we're going to have the ability to overcome every other dissentment. And if we fail to overcome our appetite, we're not going to make it. Now, we can't do this in our own strength, but the Lord can give us the victory. Now, I don't want to get into appetite because that's not what, what we're dealing with. But these... The difference, the first difference between those that are taken and those that are left is what? One is giving meat in due season. By their lives, by their words, by their acts, they are saying what? Jesus is coming. I don't know when, but I, I'm going to be ready at any time. And the other person is saying in his heart what? Our Lord, the is coming. All right. Now let's go into the 25th chapter. And this is the parable of the virgins. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. Margin says, Going out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. How many times have we had this statement? Well, this is at least the fourth time. The greatest deception that will ever come to us, the greatest danger we have is neglect and procrastination that we'll put off, put off, and put off. Now, uh, I want to ask you some questions about this. This is a, this is a very select group of people. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins. Now, what do virgins represent? These are women that are pure. When we talk about uh, a woman in prophecy, and this is prophetic language, this is symbolic language, when we talk about a woman, and it's a pure woman, it represents what? Pure church or pure people. So these are not wicked people as far as, as this parable is concerned. They were all virgins. They were all dressed like virgins. And they took their lamps. They all had what? What did they all have? What is a lamp? What does a lamp represent? Thy word is a lamp unto our feet, and what? They all have their Bibles. All right, let's see what else. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps. They all had what? They all had lamps. And they that were foolish took their lamps, and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Now I want to, I want to read some comments. Now, if you, I don't know how many of you had uh, took time to read this, but there's some very interesting statements regarding the wise and the foolish virgins. And here's one that is taken from the Review and Herald, August 19, 1890. I am often referred to the parable of the ten virgins, five of whom were wise and five were foolish. This parable has been and will be fulfilled to the very letter. To what? For it has a special application to this time. And like the third angel's message, has been fulfilled and will continue to be present truth till the close of time. In the parable the ten virgins had lamps, but only five of them had the saving oil with which to keep their lamps burning. The wise and foolish have their Bibles, but many do not appreciate the fact that they must have the heavenly unction. Now there's some very interesting things in Christ's object lesson. There's a whole chapter in Christ's object lessons on the wise and foolish virgins, and uh, I want to read a few statements here. That was Review and Herald, August 4, 1918 uh, you uh, You'd have to get a copy of this because I don't have a copy. The two classes of watchers represent the two classes who profess to be waiting for their Lord to come. They are called virgins because they profess a pure faith. Now, these are not people in Babylon, are they? By the lamps is represented the word of God. In the parable, all the ten virgins went out to meet the bridegroom. They had lamps and vessels for oil. For a time, there seemed to be no difference between them. There seemed to be what? What? So with a church that lives just before the second coming, all have a knowledge of the scriptures, all have heard the message of Christ's approach, and confidently, confidently expect his appearing. But as in the parable, so it is now. A time of waiting intervenes, faith is tried, and when the cry is heard, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him, many are unready. They have no oil in their vessels with their lamps. They are destitute of the Holy Spirit. What is it they they do not have? The Holy Spirit. Without the enlightenment of the Spirit, men will not be able to distinguish truth from error, and they will fall under the masterful temptations of Satan. The class represented by the foolish virgins are not hypocrites. Yes. They were all sleeping. They were all sleeping. Why the five wives were sleeping? Because that's just the condition the church is in today. The Lord didn't 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 just say they were sleeping, he said they were sleeping because what? There was a delay. And I want you to know the best person in the church today is asleep, to what God wants them to be. What do you want to ask? I wonder how many of you knew that today is the anniversary of the Day of Atonement in 1844. 131 years. We haven't wandered in the wilderness 40 years. We've wandered in the wilderness three times 40 years plus 11. And there's... Uh, Janine just mentioned the fact that uh, that this... That was a type. There was no question. That was a representation of this. And do you know what? It, why it was that the children of Israel didn't go into the promised land? Huh? Well, what, you know what happened just before that? There was a mixed multitude among them. Do you know who the mixed multitude was? Huh? It was Egyptians that joined them but were never, never had a change of heart. They fell a lusting and what did they want? They wanted meat to eat. They were tired of manna. And they were... And the whole multitude, the whole camp of Israel fell a lusting, it says. And so the Lord says, all right, I'll give you meat to eat. And so he had the quail come and they flew just high enough so they could go out and take a stick and knock them down, you know. And it said, he that gathered least gathered ten homers. Do you know how much a homer is? Six bushels. So the one that gathered least had 60 bushel of quail. See, they had a good bait. And just after that, the Lord says, all right, it's time to go in the promised, into the promised land. But they were full of quail. And they said what? They sent spies out and the spies came back and said, yes, it's a good land, but there are giants in the land. And, oh, they had... They had a wonderful report of the land but all of the difficulties and then what did all the people begin to do? Began to murmur. And they said, oh, it's too hard. Except two men. All right. Now back to what we were discussing. Uh, well, We'll get to some of these points. These five foolish virgins were not hypocrites. What's a hypocrite? What does it mean to be a hypocrite?
1: Something that does something
0: else. It's a person that knows they're not doing right, but they're... Go ahead anyway. So the five foolish virgins were not hypocrites. They were not making a profession of knowing better. What was their problem? They were deceived as to their true condition. Now this is the whole tragedy of this thing. They thought they were all right, but they weren't. You see, the five, the ten virgins do not represent all of the church. They only represent a part of the church. Because are there hypocrites in the church? Well, if people are hypocrites, they're not even virgins. The virgins represent the, that class who. Five are ready and five are not ready, but they're deceived as to their true condition. It says they have a regard for the truth. They have advocated the truth. They are attracted to those who believe the truth, but they have not yielded themselves to the Holy Spirit's working. They have not fallen upon the rock, Christ Jesus, and permitted their old nature to be broken up. This class are represented also by the stony ground hearers. They receive the word with readiness, but they fail of assimilating its principles. Its influence is not abiding. The Spirit works upon man's heart according to his desire and consent, implanting in him a new nature, but the class represented by the foolish virgins have been content with superficial work. They do not know God. And the next page... Says this: It is in a crisis that character is revealed. I hope we'll all remember that one simple statement. It is in a crisis that character is what?
1: Revealed.
0: revealed. One of these days, something's going to break upon us, and we will have made our decision before that time comes. But. This Christ's Object Lessons, page 412. It is in a crisis that characters revealed when the earnest voice proclaimed at midnight, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him, and the sleeping virgins were aroused from their slumbers, it was seen who had made preparation for the event. Both parties were taken unawares. Were what? The foolish virgins and the wise virgins, neither one are expecting to happen what happens. Neither one of them. Both are taken unawares, but one is what? The five wise virgins are ready, even though they have been sleeping. But one was prepared for the emergency, and the other was found without preparation. The ten virgins are watching in the evening of this earth's history. Now they're all doing what? They're all watching. All claim to be Christians. All have a call, a name, a lamp, and all profess to be doing God's service. All apparently wait for Christ's appearing, but five are unready. Five will be found surprised, dismayed, outside the banquet hall. Now, there's a very interesting statement regarding this awakening in the commentary. on It's a comment on, Ezek, on uh, Revelation 18. Volume seven. Volume 7, page 983. We need to study the pouring out of the seventh vial. The powers of evil will not yield up the conflict without a struggle, but providence has a part to act in the battle of Armageddon. When the earth is lighted with the glory of the angel of Revelation 18... Now, what is the, what is the angel of Revelation 18? See, this is a loud cry. I want you to notice this statement. When the earth is lighted with the glory of the angel of Revela- Revelation 18, the religious elements, good and evil, will awake from slumber, and the armies of the living God will take the field. The wise and the foolish virgins then will wake up at what time? When the loud cry goes. That's right.
1: Yeah. 1844,
0: that was the midnight cry. And, yes. When was the
1: loud cry?
0: Well, we have the loud cry hasn't started yet. The midnight cry went back then. The, the loud cry is going to go when what? When the Sunday law comes. It's the, it's the message all nations have what? have drunk of the wine of the wrath of our fornications. When the time comes for the loud cry, now I, I, I can't tell you exactly how, I don't know how this is going to come, but there's going to be a message come. And it's going to be a message that's going to wake everybody up. But at that time, what has happened to those who know the truth? They have made their decision. I don't know how this is going to come but there's going to be a message come and it's going to be a message that's going to wake everybody up but at that time what has happened to those who know the truth? they have made their decision if if we wait for the waking up message it's what? do you all understand that? This is why it's really important. This is why I'm, uh, I want to understand and I want to find out what's going on because a lot of people are waiting for the latter rain. They're waiting for persecution to wake up. Now, this is not the people... There are a lot of people out in Babylon that have to be called in. You understand? And they don't know all this. But those of us who know the truth are going to make our decision before the people in the world do What's that? That's right. Yeah?
1: In volume 9, page 97, I believe, or 92, the statement, the inference is given that um, probation will close for people who know the truth before it will close for anyone else. Well, it's
0: uh, it's volume 9, page 97, and uh, 979 uh, is exactly the same statement in uh, the commentary. The time of God's destructive judgments. Now, this is without a doubt during the loud, the loud cry, the latter rain. This is when there's going to be a terrible condition in the earth. The time of God's destructive judgment is the time of mercy for those who have no opportunity to learn what is true. Tenderly will the Lord look upon them. His heart of mercy is touched. His hand is still stretched out to save, while the door is closed to those who would not enter. Now. I don't want you to think that God is going to close our probation. He isn't. But when the real time of stress comes, when the time of, when this real testing time comes, if we are not sanctified by the truth, we're not going to be able to take it. We won't stand. We'll just take the final steps and go right on with the world. So now is the time. You see, it isn't going to take long for God to finish His work. We talk about finishing work. This can be done very rapidly. His problem is getting people ready to do it. That's why time is going on and on and on, but it's not going on forever.
1: volume? Volume
0: 7, page 979. It was volume, uh, volume 9, page 97. 9-T-97 is the same reference exactly. Yeah. Now, saddest of all words that ever fell on mortal ear are those words of doom. I know you not. The fellowship of the Spirit which you have slighted could alone make you one with a joyous throng at the marriage feast. In that scene you cannot participate. Its light would fall on blinded eyes, its melody upon deaf ears, its love and joy could awake no chord of gladness in the world-benumbed heart. You are shut out of heaven by your own unfitness for its companionship. You cannot be ready to meet the Lord by waking when the cry is heard, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, and then gather up your empty lamps to have them replenished. Now the message of of the ten virgins is, that under normal circumstances, as you and I are living today, we're going to we're going to have an experience, and we're going to, or we're going to fail to get it, and we're going to we're going to make a decision that will not be manifest till a stress comes. See, Jesus said in the ending of the sermon of the Sermon on the Mount, He said, "Anyone that hears these words of mine and does them not is like a man that built his house on the sand." And anyone that hears these things and does them is like a man who built his house on the rock. Then it says what happened. The storm came, the floods came, the wind blew, they beat upon that house, and the one that was on the sand did what? (laughs) Fell. And the one that was on the rock stood. Now the storm did not come until the houses were built. Is that right? And the thing that I am really in earnest about myself and about all those that I have anything to do with is the simple fact that we are in these days of peace and prosperity, and this is what it is. We are making our eternal decisions. And that decision will be made manifest when the crisis hour comes. You see, the great majority of Seventh-day Adventists today are waiting for the loud cry to get ready. I know. I I used to believe that. I used to talk about it. They're waiting for persecution. Persecution is not coming until people are ready because it's their being ready that brings persecution. Persecution, page 97, of Patriarchs and Prophets. I believe it's ninety-seven. Uh, it's, anyway it's a story about Cain and Abel and it says that persecution is the rage of a vanquished foe. When Satan sees he can no longer control us then what is, what's he going to do? He's going to turn persecution loose on us. But he's not going to do it as long as he can control us. Alright now there's one more thing that I, wanna, I want us to really think about. And this is something that I, I really didn't understand. The only difference between them is the oil and the oil in the vessels. Now, how many of you ever seen the, the pictures of these virgins going along and they had a lamp and they had a, they had a flagon for oil in one hand and the lamp in the other. Have you seen these pictures? Well, now, it isn't like that at all. Do you know what the vessel that holds the oil is? Right? Huh? Well, it's poured out of the vessel into the lamps, you see? They had lamps, and they, they had... Now, remember, the foolish virgins had some oil because they had lamps, and the lamps were burning. But the time of waiting, they got tired, and they failed to have that extra oil. They all had oil, but they didn't, they had, didn't have the extra oil, so when the message came at, bright, at, at midnight, they poured the oil into their lamps from their vessels. All right? Uh... In Zechariah, the fourth chapter, is a very interesting statement. And then I want to read the comment from it, but we'll read from Zechariah first. <clears throat> this is a companion prophecy. Zachariah 4, we'll begin in the first verse, And the angel that talked with me came again and waked me as a man that is wakened out of sleep, out of his sleep, and said unto me, What seest thou? And I said, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick all of gold, with a bowl upon the top of it, and his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof. Now where do you suppose he's looking? Where? 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 Up in heaven, that's right, because this is the last day prophecy. And the two olive trees by it, one on the right side of the bowl and the other upon the left side. So I answered and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto saying, Not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, Said the Lord of Hosts. Now it goes eleven first. We, we aren't reading it. We just want to study a part of this. Then answered I and said unto him, What be these two olive trees upon the right side of the candlestick and upon the left side of the ca- side thereof? And I answered again and said unto him, What be these two olive branches which through the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves? And he answered and said answered me and said, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. And he then said he, These are the two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. Now, without a doubt, according to this prophecy, the covering cherubs are the ones that control the oil. These are the anointed ones. Now, to comment on this, from the commentary, it's, it's, page 1179 and 1180 of volume four by the holy being surrounding his throne the Lord keeps up a constant communication with the inhabitants of the earth the golden oil represents the grace which God, with which God keeps the lamps of believers supplied what is the oil it's his grace and what does it do to the lamps it causes them to burn Were it not that this holy oil is poured from heaven in the messages of God's Spirit, the agencies of evil would have entire control over men. God is dishonored when we do not receive the communications that he sends us. Thus we refuse the golden oil which he would pour into our souls to be communicated to those in darkness. Now, how do these messages come? Well, we have them in the Bible. We have the Spirit of Prophecy. This is how the message is. this is This is the testimony of God's Spirit. These empty themselves into the golden bowls, which represent the hearts of the living messengers of God, who bear the word of the Lord to the people in warnings and entreatings. So, what is the vessel that holds the oil? Our hearts. It's not something you carry in your hand. And we pour the, the, the we pour the oil from the vessel into the lamps. Now, how do we get the oil? Well, it comes from the holy ones that stand in the presence of the Lord. And as we study the Bible, for ourselves, the Holy Spirit gives us enlightenment and it, it goes into our hearts. When we give it to others, we have to pour it out of the vessels into the lamps. So it comes from what? Where does it come from? Our hearts. The difference. That's uh, volume uh, 4 B.C. 1180. You see, if the message is not in our hearts, it will not light the lamps. The difference between the wise and the foolish virgins is that one have empty vessels and the other have vessels full of oil. Which represents what? Our hearts. What's that? Vessels represent our hearts. Isn't that what it said? These empty themselves into the golden bowls which represent the hearts of the living messengers of God. So the difference between the wise and the foolish virgins is is what? The oil in the hearts. And if we do not have oil in our hearts, then we cannot pour it out into the lamps. You know, I spent a lot of my life taking the Bible out and teaching people what was in the Bible, but it wasn't in me you know how much effect it has? Not at all. We can convince people of the truth. And the loud cry, the latter rain, is, is the people pouring out that stream of living oil, the grace, from their hearts through the lamps to the people. Because they're connected with what? They're connected with the candlestick, with the golden pipes. So the preparation for giving the last message of God is being made when? Right now. Now does this help us to understand what it means that two will be grinding at the mill and what? Because what does one have? Has that living connection, the oil in their hearts. And the other has failed to get it and so what happens to them? They're left. But the manifestation of whether they're taken or, or left is not until what? Until the, until the loud cry when uh, the message is to go. Then everybody does what? Everybody wakes up. Now somebody asked a question. What about they're going to get oil? All right, they are going to get oil. But they're going to come back. And they're going to knock on the door. And what does the Lord say? I don't know you. Then what's the problem? What's that? They got the oil from the wrong source. source. Exactly. They got the oil from the wrong source. And they're going to be totally deceived. What do they think? They think they're all ready. And what 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 does it say? I don't what? what is yeah, yeah if you're on the wrong motive motive if well if we don't have the grace of Christ in our hearts what kind of motives will we have all wrong motives can we have the right motive without the grace of Christ what can we do without the grace of Christ without me you can what Yeah. Thought you were asking a question. All right. Without me, you can... What? Now it goes on to say, These empty themselves into the golden bowls which represent the heart of the living messengers of God who bear the word of the Lord to the people in warnings and entreaties. The word itself must be as represented, the golden oil emptied from the two olive trees that stand by the Lord of the whole earth, This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit with fire. This will open the soul of unbelievers to conviction. The wants of the soul can be met only by the working of the Holy Spirit of God. Man can do nothing of himself to satisfy the longing and meet the aspirations of the heart. The capacity for receiving the holy oil from the two olive trees which empty themselves is by the receiver emptying the holy oil out of himself. How do you get oil? Did you ever try to pour anything into a vessel that was full? What happens? Our ability to receive is by what? By continually pouring out. And the more you pour out, what happens? The more you receive. That's just what it says. The baptism of fire? Well, uh, there are two baptisms, and the baptism of fire, uh, did I say what it was? Read that again? Well, I'll read what it says, yes. It says, the word itself must be as represented, the golden oil emptied from the two olive trees that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. This is the baptism by the Holy Spirit with fire. What happened at Pentecost? What appeared on these people? Was Did they actually see this? Do you think that there's going to be a manifestation of power as God finishes His work? It says, Servants of God, with their faces lighted up, with what? Their faces lighted up and shining with holy consecration will hasten from place to place with a message from heaven. You read in the statements in the Spirit of Prophecy where it says Jesus, His face was lighted up so people couldn't hardly look at Him at times. It says the divinity was what? Flashing out through humanity. humanity. And folks, as we become instruments of God in receiving the Holy Spirit with power, we're going to be partakers of what? Of Of the divine nature. And the nature of the life of Christ is going to shine out and people's faces are going to actually shine. It's going to take something to finish God's work. It's going to take power. It's going to take a manifestation. It says, this will open the soul of unbelievers to conviction. When God's people have the Holy Spirit as He wants them to have it, it isn't going to take long for people to decide whether they want to be saved or not or make their decision very rapidly. It'll, it'll be just a short period of time and it's all going to be over. God's problem is what? Getting us ready. Because we've been at it how long? Well, I've been at it a long time. Longer than any of you. He's going to have to greatly accelerate this work. Then, the capacity for receiving the holy oil from the two olive trees which empty themselves is by the receiver emptying that holy oil out of himself in word and action to supply the necessities of other souls. Work. Precious, satisfying work to be constantly receiving and constantly imparting. The capacity for receiving is only kept up by imparting. Now then, we're not going to start suddenly at the end of time, uh, just before the loud cry, and begin to go out and do something. Remember that before the loud cry goes, we have to receive what? What is it that precedes the latter rain? the early rain, the former rain. The former rain has never ceased to fall. It's still falling since Pentecost. And the, the third angel's message has never gone with the power of the former rain. And that must go. And as soon as that goes, then this is going to bring a great commotion on the earth and, and uh, Satan's going to be turned loose and the Sunday law is going to be passed. And when that is passed, then what happens? Then the loud cries do. Now, Was that? No, I was reading volume 4, page 1180. 4 B.C. 1180. There's a very interesting statement on page 118 in the book Sons and Daughters of God I'll share with you. Let every youth consider the parable of the ten virgins. All had lamps, that is, an outward semblance of religion, but only five of them had that inward piety. Five of them were wanting in the oil of grace, The Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit, was not abiding in their hearts. Without the oil of grace, of what use was it to bear about a lamp of profession? However high may be the profession, however high may be the position held by a professor of religion, if the oil of grace is wanting, he has nothing with which to feed his lamp, and it cannot send forth clear, shining rays of light. The reason why the bridegroom delays is because he is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Oh, the long-suffering of our merciful Savior. We are living in altogether too solemn a period of the world's history to be careless and negligent. You must pray, believe, and obey. In your own strength you can do nothing. But in the grace of Jesus Christ, you can employ your powers in such a way as to bring the greatest good to your own soul and the greatest blessing to the souls of others. Lay hold of Jesus, and you will diligently work the works of Christ and will finally receive the eternal reward. Now then, the last message is to be a marvelous message. The people who receive the latter rain, which is the fullness of the the Holy Spirit, are going to give the same message that Jesus gave. It's going to be given in exactly the same way. And this is page 415 of Christ's Object Lessons. Those who wait for the bridegroom's coming are to say to the people, Behold your God. The last rays of merciful light, the last message of mercy to be given to the world is a revelation of His character of love. The children of God are to manifest His glory you know what it's going to mean to have a message and people people are going to say with that spirit within them and upon them that they are demonstrating what? the character of God they're going to say to the world what? behold your God it frightens you to think about it doesn't it? that human beings are going to be a demonstration of the character of God just as Christ was in their own life and character they are to reveal what the grace of God has done for them. The light of the sun of righteousness is to shine forth in good works, in words of truth and deeds of holiness. Now let's go back and review just a little bit uh, on this. Who do the virgins represent? They represent a remnant of God's people because none of them are what? None of them are hypocrites. They're not hypocrites. They all believe the truth. They have a regard for the truth. They look all look alike. You can't tell the difference. And the manifestation of the difference between them is not made until what? Until the message comes what? Behold, the bridegroom cometh through you out to meet him. And then it's going, to sh- it's going to be manifest. Who has really had the, the oil where? Well, in their vessels, which is their hearts. And they're going to rise and they're going to give the message. And this message is going to be the greatest message, the most powerful message the world has ever seen. And it's going to make everybody in the world make take their final decision. So when this is over, every decision has been made. And what is, what is the oil a representation of? The Holy Spirit, which is the grace of Christ. Well, I said uh, at the deliverance. You see, the loud cry is followed by what? What follows the loud cry? The close of probation. The, the time when when the world closes probation. And then what comes? Then the seven last plagues are poured out. And at that time, the, the people of God are going to be scattered. Some are going to be in desolate places, in groups. Some are going to be in bondage. Some are going to be in prison. Some are going to be in slavery. And because of the terrible conditions that are in the earth, the devil, here in person, Says that the reason the world is in the condition it is because there's some people who will not worship him by doing what? By keeping, by keeping the first day of the week. And so they, the nations, all meet together. The leaders of the nations meet together and they pass what? Huh? A death decree. Well, they've already passed the Sunday law. That's just a loud cry. They pass a death decree, and they and they set a day when all of God's people are going to be. Destroyed. Yes, they're going to be—they're they're going to be executed at that day. And this, from the time this decree goes forth, this is the time of what? It's the time of Jacob's trouble. This is when God's people are going to be praying. And then, at that midnight, when this decree goes into effect, at the very midnight when this decree goes into effect, what happens? The sun appears at midnight in its strength. The earth is going to turn a half revolution on its axis. Can you imagine what will happen to the earth? It says streams cease to flow. Everything in nature is turned out of its course. This is when all the mountains move. I mean, it says the mountains are going to be, every mountain is going to be moved out of its place. It's going to be the greatest upheaval the world's ever seen. And at that time, Jesus, I mean, God announces the day and hour of Jesus coming and that's when there is a hand appears in the heavens holding the what? The Ten Commandments. This is the giving of the law under the New Covenant. The same as the giving at Sinai under the Old Covenant. This is the law presented under the New Covenant. Find this in the 12th chapter of Hebrews. Now, at that time, God gives His covenant of peace for those who have kept His law. So at that time uh, then there's a period of time after that I don't know how long it is but at that time the day and hour of Jesus coming is announced yes well there are two sources aren't there mm-hmm. okay. well have you read in Great Controversy where the people who that Adventists who are not sanctified by the truth become what? The they become the greatest enemies. It says they're going to be found to be ringleaders in the apostasy and they think they have the message but uh, there's a statement in uh, Spiritual Gifts it's right in connection with the flood I think it's page 81 but I'm not sure. I think it's volume 2 page 81 it says that in the, in the resurrection the second resurrection the resurrection when the people come up and surround the city, you've read, you read the story in great controversy, probably in early writings, those you have read this, and the people come up and surround the city and all the righteous are inside and the lost are outside, it's then that the, that the foolish virgins are going to say, Lord, don't you know me? They've come up in the wrong resurrection and they think they're, they think they're in the wrong place. And so Jesus looks at them sorrowfully and says, I don't know you. See, their hearts were not changed. So, we need to search our, our hearts and our lives to see that we have the right experience because is there a danger of deception? Now, God is not going to let anyone be deceived. It's honest and sincere, but there's a danger that we'll think that we have something we don't have. And we can remember that that with many, most people, salvation is not something they plan... I mean, uh, loss of eternal life is not something that they plan, it's something they receive because of neglect. This media was brought to you by AudioVerse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about AudioVerse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit
1: www.audioverse.org.